time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's Articles of News for the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, we're getting to it a little bit late, but that's all right, because we're going to do another one next week, and you'll be like, oh, good. They got to it. Fantastic. It's me, Richie T., and I'm joined by Janae Manite. Hi, Thank everybody. you for being here. Hi. Uh, you look great. Do I? Uh, nice yeah, I don't think I shared it on the regular Cultural Hall Facebook page. I think it was just the panel of uh, people who... Help uh, with the show or, or no, with the social video. medias of you dancing. <laughs> I did a dance. Uh, well, actually, before I get to that, let me say this. Uh, articles of news for people who may be listening for the first time. So we go about an hour. We do about 15 minutes of opening exercises. Then you hear the dismissal bell. We do some sponsors. And then we come back and do actual articles of news. Uh, we also, every week do between a 30-minute and one-hour episode, typically with a uh, Latter-day Saint of note, someone who's doing something or has done something, a book, an artist, someone who's made the news, those kind of things. And you can look for those interviews uh, every Friday, uh, articles of news when we do it. It it happens sometimes between Monday and Friday. So, uh, we were talking on the way in. You said that Thanksgiving was fairly calm for you. For people who may not know, Janae just had a baby girl like, what, 10? minutes ago or something? 11. You're 11 like, minutes ago. Listen, I got out of the hospital. I came straight to the articles of news. Straight when was here, it? Uh, six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. Uh, so it's time to get on, uh, you know, having another one, right? Oh, yeah. Let's... Yeah. let's. <laughs> Just start baking and baking a second. I I love well, doing. I, I love talking about that with moms who have just had babies because they just give you this look, and you did it too. And I know it's not intentional. Where it's just like, are you kidding? <laughs> are you kidding me right now? And I think that you'll have another one based on some conversations that we've had, but it not right now. Oh gosh, it's like <laughs> not that none of that stuff works yet. <laughs> it's six weeks out. I can I can barely. You just, you just grab on. It's like holding to the iron rod. You just grab onto the edge of the counter Aww. as you move along. It's like, oh, no, it's, we'll okay. I'm good. It's actually I'm not good. healthy. I didn't know this. It's actually not healthy to have babies too close back to back, oh, right? Because no. your oh, body has to it's like. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. My mom had my had me mm-hmm. and then my brother. We're 16 months apart. Right. So that's, uh, that's you know. What's, I can't do math right now because I can't so like see seven, straight. So, so seven. That's, yeah, like they seven months. So after. when I was seven months old, they yeah. got pregnant again accidentally, yeah. and yeah. it wrecked her. I mean, you're you're a. You I mean, it a puts person. you out of commission. So there's two things, right? Like it it, mm-hmm. it wrecks you because you're essentially, you know, you, you're exhausted. You, yeah, but, but it. I mean, a baby leeches all the nutrients that it can possibly get yeah. from your body. So yeah, you're. It's a. It's no joke. It's like no, don't get pregnant too close. How, clo- how too long soon. do they say? Do you know off the top of your head? Um. Because I know, like the uh, Latter Day Saint thing is like we go two to three years, right? If you're gonna, if yeah, you're doing a family, you go every two to three years. Two and a half years. Yep. And here they are, two and a half years. That later. way, there's a couple grades apart, and there's maturity, and one's out <laughs> of diapers, and hopefully potty trained by the time you get All the next one. All that good stuff. Um, no, actually, the, nobody's given me a. A specific timeline yeah. of like, and the I doctor didn't look at me and was like, and now. That's when oh. you say something pandering like this when you go, I guess it's just in his hands. <laughs> there you go. There you go. When when it's supposed to happen. I love those. It's like, no, it's family planning. It doesn't have to be, you know, when you we're blessed to. It it's like, no, you plan it out. You know when it is. Or at least you I, try to plan yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You try to plan it out. And I you, guess it's on... His time. He gets, he gets a say. Yeah. But you get a say too. What's your daughter's name? 
Eden. Eden. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I knew that. Oh, did you why not? Did you, why, why is it Eden? Because, seriously, because it's beautiful. That's really, yep. that's all it is. Eden what? Eden Janae Fraser. Oh, look yeah. at you. We're, we we look do that thing. Look at you. Could you be more vain? <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet you think this name is about you. <laughs> My mom's name is my middle name. Trent, my husband, his uh-huh. dad's name is his middle name. Okay, so, so it's a family so thing. So it's a thing. So wait, what's your you middle know. name? What's your middle name then? Lynette. Lynette. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good so times. then, so then, by that, your your daughter, if I'm following correctly, your daughter's daughter, your granddaughter, will be something Eden. Probably. Okay. If she wants to yeah. keep doing that. No, you make her. Not. <laughs> And this is how it's going to be. If you would like to get baptized and make that choice, you are then accountable for the following things. The following things. Repentance, entrance into the kingdom, and your daughter will be named something Eden, whatever your last name will be. There you go. There you uh, go. How are you otherwise? It's not just about your baby. There's you. There's me. you got stuff and things. Really? I'm so good. It. It's. It's all. It's. Up in my mind, it's all it is all about this baby. Yeah, she is amazing. She's just amazing, and it's so fun to watch my husband interact with her. To watch our, I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old right. uh, little boy. They two little boys. Just, just so you know, there's so, a seven and a five-year-old little boy. They're oh, two little, little boys. boys. Yeah. Boy, see, <laughs> I'm still so How tired. Both seven and I still, five. I don't know. At the same time, it's the type of time warp. He, your so, your oldest is seven. Yeah, oh, isn't man. that he's, crazy? He's basically moved out yeah you know i hope you're emotionally ready for that he's he's like mother <laughs> i've packed my things it's time i go out into the world upon my anyway uh, uh there it's i'm so happy like truly richie i'm so happy and my husband is so happy like we are so excited that this little one has come along and it just because it's been a long good. time for the girl life what makes it really different good. was it like this with the other ones oh it was okay. it was yeah it, at least you're, for the me. The way you're speaking, it made it sound like, we're so happy this time. Fi- and it's this like, Wait. time, no. <laughs> it finally arrived. Wait, I, f- I feel like you guys were pretty happy before. <laughs> no, I. it's been fun to almost remember like, oh yeah, like this is how this is how I felt when our first one came along. Mm. Oh, this is how I felt when yeah, we Yeah, I guess five years, right? That's a good long one. time between kids. Yeah. If, for people who don't know, I got, you know, we had uh, 2013s when we had our last one. Uh-huh. And then... We thought about having another one in 2015, but my husband was like, no, two is good. I'm like, what religion are you? (laughs) Two is not enough. And we don't have a girl yet. I invite you to go back and pray about that. And it ended up being a really good. Uh, it was a it was a blessing for sure. I, yeah, because then you got the black mold. If you would have had got a kid in fifteen, mold. it no, would have oh, been a mess. Ter- it would have been ter- it would have been terrible. Yeah, really, really bad. Um, so I got. He said no. Let's hold off. And then when he was like, finally, like, oh yeah, what was I thinking? Let's have another one. I got really sick. Yeah. For a couple of years, and uh, at this time last year is when I started to finally feel like a normal person again. Mm-hmm. I wasn't so, so sick. So at, then at Christmas time, it was like, yeah, I think I'm healthy. I think we can do this. And uh, doctors cleared me to get get pregnant. And uh, we looked at each other and boom, I had conceived. Yep, yep. There you go. That sounds immaculate. <laughs> so we got pregnant real fast. And then we just had our Little, little tiny Eden. girl, six months ago or six weeks ago, and Eden so. Janae. Had to, <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> it was sad to wait for a little while because it was a good. I was waiting for a year for him to like come around, my husband to come around, and then it, we waited for two more for me but to be healthy. But it's worth it though, right? Isn't so it? So worth it. I mean, oh. in retrospect, there's people who may be struggling through a thing where it's just like, I feel like it, but my spouse doesn't. Like, they're. There can be reasons for those things that you don't see in the middle of it. But exactly. at the time, no. you just go, oh, I'm so frustrated. It was like, oh, no. But but yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really grateful that uh, that we didn't have. There could have been so many different issues if right. I'd gotten pregnant. I it would have been it would have been a bad situation. And then I had to obviously learn from the challenges and trials of being sick for too yeah. long. And uh, but yeah, it's that's. Hopefully, I'm not going to be sick anymore. Yeah, and uh, can recover Knocking from wood. from from having a child and be healthy. And we're just so happy that we have her and we've that these three. It's really, really precious to watch my older two interact with her. Nice. The, they're they're great. They're not jealous or or uh, overly rough or any you know right, they're right, just right. they're so sweet they're gonna they be understand. great big brothers they're, they're already I feel bad truly. I feel bad for those poor suitors <laughs> that come uh, that come like and knock in Eden and the two brothers who are, who are you yeah what's going on here what do you want uh, well, cool. I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. Thank you. And uh, glad to see you here on this post-Thanksgiving yeah. uh, special Black Friday episode. This is the, the first cultural time hall. I've actually left her, so all of you cultural really? hall people can can feel special about well, it. Well, I'm glad that we shared I, this. I went down the road for the dance that we that uh, you... Right. I was going to yeah. say, wait a minute. It was I'd just down it. the street, so sure. I didn't feel like I was actually gone. Leaving her, but you're you're then, a good yeah. half an hour from her. <laughs> then I did, I did leave her to go to the doctor. I had like my six-week follow-up. Sure. My other son had a doctor's appointment the same day, so I was like, well, we're not so, going to bring so, the baby to so get not, sick about so all really, the people. So not really the first so, time. The, no, not really, but like to actually... Like for, go for do not, a thing. For something that wasn't necessary, like absolutely necessary. This is it? Well, if it helps frame your mind, this is absolutely necessary that you're here today, <laughs> so thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, just real quick for me, uh, Thanksgiving dinner yesterday for me... Um, I went to my brother's house, my younger brother. The younger brother that I didn't, like growing up, we didn't connect necessarily that well. Most of my brothers, which I have two other besides this one that I'm speaking of, we uh, we are a lot the same, sort of. There are four boys in your family? Yeah, you bet there and are. you don't have a sister. We do. I, I my oldest is a sister. What? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know but about she, this. She lives like an hour away, so you don't hear much about her because she sort of keeps to herself. And, yeah, anyway, so this, oh, this uh, younger brother of mine is... Uh, the best dad, sorry um, to your <laughs> husband, but is the best dad in the world. Uh, and it's fun to watch him. So he has a son. He has three kids. And the one, uh, the two younger are boys and the oldest is a girl. And the, the son is like a middle child son would be, right? Sometimes he needs a little bit of attention or whatever. And so he acts out. And so my brother um, will very calmly... Um, just kind of take him aside and be like, now what did we learn from our choices right here? And it's so funny because I remember when I was a uh, new dad with teenage kid and I'm like, shut up! Yeah. Why don't you? You know, <laughs> like it's just so different. I'm like, props to you. Uh, it also consists of... Um, that being my Thanksgiving holiday, of me craving clam dip. My grandma, who has since passed, uh, not since yesterday, but 
uh, has passed in the in the past, obviously. Uh, she had a recipe for clam dip, and I was sitting at home yesterday, and I was like, you know what? I think stores are open, and I really want to eat this clam dip today. So I'm going to go and make it dip. clam clam dip on Thanksgiving. You yeah, decided you decided to go to the store. Yeah, so some it for it mostly dip. is a. Christmas tradition, but oh. I was like, you know what, holidays, it's all about overeating, so let's do this. <laughs> let's just do it all in. Went to the grocery store, got all the fixings. You found one that was inclu- open? Yeah. Most of them are open until the early afternoon. What? Yeah. It's this sort is, of a myth, right? New. We feel like we have to go to the store the days before. Now you can go on the day. Unless you're getting a turkey and you have to unthought, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I ended up spending 40 bucks on this clam dip. Whoa. And that includes the chips. Really that includes a, that includes the delivery method for the chips or for the uh, dip. But man, so delicious! Just Wait, so uh, good. Okay. Yeah. I'm. You're gonna have to like post the recipe for clam dip. On, okay. Like, it's a it's a lot of like dashes and squeezes. Sure. So sure. Not, so not to. Uh, That's an authentic recipe, not right to there. Specificity, but it w- it was delicious. And then the other thing, this episode's coming a little bit late, and I don't know that I've shared this here in the cultural hall, but I also am doing other um, podcasts. I guess I should say I'm doing podcasts because this is a show available in podcast That's form. That's true. This is not. Um, but I'm I've been working because it's the BYU Utah game uh, tomorrow. now tomorrow night. Uh, it's rivalry week here in the state of Utah, which is a big deal to a lot of people. And uh, two of the podcasts that I do, one is called Ute Insiders and one is called Cougar Insiders. And if you listen to those, you won't hear me. You'll just hear my fine production and editing work. Ah, um, yes. Which, of course, we would know anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that that cut? That, Definitely Richie. That's so Richie T uh, right there. But but it's been pretty fun. But we put out a new episode every day this week for those podcasts. So that's Whoa. for those that are counting ten episodes in a week, and it has been crazy. That's so, a lot of producing, sir. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit late as far as that goes. But I encourage those who love uh, University of Utah football or BYU Cougar football to check those out. Um, that's done through the Deseret News, so you can also go to deseretnews.com slash podcasts. Let's take a break and uh, come back and do actual articles of news. I think that sounds like a good idea. Uh, we didn't tell a 20-minute story, Janae, so I'm hoping you'll do that when we come back. <laughs> I'll tell you the story of how of me going to the labor. Uh, uh, we're good. We'll <laughs> take a break right now and come back and do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Ho, ho, ho. This is Danta Claus from PC Laptops in Salt Lake City. Would you like to save huge, massive money this holiday season? Don't throw out that old computer. We can transform that old, slow, or broken-down desktop or laptop into fluffy, high-speed goodness, no matter what brand it is. Just bring your desktop or laptop computer in for a free diagnostic. The diagnostic is 100% free, and there's no obligation. We're so great at making computers faster that if we can't fix or upgrade your desktop or laptop, we'll buy 
buy it from you. Have I lost my mind? Want to trade in your old computer? We have brand new lifetime warranty desktop computers from $7.99. And we'll buy your old computer. To make it impossible to resist, we're doing 12 months special financing on any PC laptop's desktop or laptop computer. Have I lost my mind? Call us at 1-877-596-7283 for details or check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com, where we love you. Hey, you guys, I want to talk to you about BestDJInUtah.com. Why, that's the company that I have started for doing my DJing weddings and live events. Uh, whatever you need, I am your guy to do it. So whether you're a lifer or a convert to this podcast show, or you just happen to be listening for the first time, if you are in need of a wedding DJ or an MC for your event, or just a DJ for your business opening, uh, go to bestdjinutah.com. Now, I know it says Utah, but guess what? If you want me to come to your event and you're not in Utah, I'll do that too. You're going to have to pay for me to be there, but I'm more than willing to do that as well. It's bestdjinutah.com. Emails there, phone numbers there. Would love to hear from you and then help you make your event that much better. Look forward to hearing from you and thank you for supporting the Cultural Hall podcast. But it's a show. You knew that. The Cultural Hall wants you to help Utah Food Bank fight hunger statewide. Through your donations of food, time, or money, Utah Food Bank is able to distribute over 31 million meals annually to Utahns facing hunger. Even a $1 donation can be turned into $7.35 of goods and services. One in five children in Utah could go to bed hungry tonight, and 423,000 Utahns are unsure where their next meal will come from. By donating food at your local pantry or by visiting utahfoodbank.org, you can make a difference. Time now in the second half of Articles of News to do actual Articles of News. But before we get to it, I want to say thanks to those who are uh, Patreon uh, supporters of the Cultural Hall. You can go to patreon.com slash the Cultural Hall. You can make a pledge. It's once a month. People do anywhere from, I think we have someone who does a dollar, and then there's some people who do like $5, and then there's a couple who do $10 uh, a That's month. So Thank nice. you to all those folks. Uh, we don't know what we're doing with that money yet, but, you know, for now, thanks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll take a road show. We've talked about going uh, to Nauvoo, yes. which sounds like a planet from Star Wars, but it's actually Mormon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it you, t- does, you, t- you tell people, that. you tell people that aren't members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints about Nauvoo. And when I went out in, to Chicago and was in, doing some stuff at Second City, I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to go down to Nauvoo." And they're like, "The place from Star Wars?" I'm like, "Because is it is it Nauvoo?" Yeah, Nauvoo. Yeah. Uh, I'm so proud of myself that I knew that. I am proud, too. Do you, are you proud of me? I am. If I had a gold star and you had a forehead, <laughs> I would both take okay. that gold star that I don't have and your forehead that you don't have, and I would put it on. Put She's it. wearing a hat. Uh, you can you can get on there, patreon.com slash Hall, and you can make a pledge as well. It gets you part of a private Facebook group, and it just lets us know that you love what we're doing. Uh, and with the new year coming and the 300th episode coming as well, uh, there will be some more activity there on Patreon and uh, a different way of doing things coming up. More details to follow. Yeah, because you have to. Doing something 300 times the same way, you do it differently than 301. (laughs) So that's coming. Uh, People could also probably look on Patreon, and if they wanted to donate to like a Star Wars something, that's probably there. To Naboo? To Naboo. Yeah. You know. Save Naboo? Because I think Naboo was one of those places that got destroyed. I don't know enough about Star Wars to say anything factual about it. Natalie Portman. That's... 
There or we maybe go. Naboo is for, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, also, a huge thanks to those who are, uh, we call it the Cultural Hall uh, panel, folks who do the Instagram and do the uh, the Facebook and do the uh, Twitter and do the blog posts occasionally and do the episode hosting and and uh, everything and any part. Uh, those who do the graphics, all the stuff, all the things. Thankful to you. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. All right. So uh, you mentioned this. So let's start here. Uh, there is a video that you can watch at theculturalhall.com associated with this episode, or we shared it on our Facebook page. So like the Cultural Hall on Facebook if you haven't seen it. Uh, there is a video posted by... Uh, a woman who is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Her name is Bryn Parrott Chatfield. And she uh, shares her video as her and her, uh, as she and her husband evacuate Paradise, California. So this is the campfire, which is, it sounds like it was a campfire gone bad. That's not actually what it was. It's just what they have called this campfire because of where it started. But there is a video of uh, Chatfield and her husband, driving through the fire in California that's been blazing, and it is like hell. It, it, it truly... It, it is like driving through hell. There is That is the only way to describe something like yeah, that. Yeah, if you want to see what hell looks like without like a three million dollar Hollywood budget behind it and like and like I don't just, know that you just, could get better I don't know that you see, could get better with a three yeah, million no, dollar budget. See what raw muscle like what hell would be. Yeah. It really that's such an Smoky, accurate description. you can't see there's sparks blowing across the, the road where they're driving. It's just dark. They come out into clear for a second and then get right back into it and, and it is a hundred percent crazy. I'm hoping to to get uh, Bryn Chatfield just for a brief moment, and maybe oh, next week's articles of news yes. to be able to talk to her about it and see how she felt. Um, but just just crazy. Um, this, She's like, I felt slightly uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, you got to know that in the moment they're just freaking out. Um, she said, we're overwhelmed by uh, heartfelt responses and prayers on Facebook. There are so many wonderful people in this world. I'd love to respond to each of you. We're astonished at the outpouring of love. Uh, paradise has been destroyed, which includes two chapels two of chapels. the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, she says, thousands of us have lost our homes. Many have lost everything, including their lives. I think it's up to like 70 or 80 people as <gasps> of the recording of this. Oh, yeah. What? It came, it came from nowhere, which takes me to the next article about this. This is from... From um, Ross Hanchett, who is an obstetrician gynecologist and based on this, presumably a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, says it sounded like a freight train at around 8.30 on this last Thursday, um, not yesterday, but a week ago now. Uh, she had just arrived home from dropping off her youngest at school when he sent her a text that school was canceled because of the evacuations for fire. That's not unusual here for one area to be evacuated. We're used to it. Nothing. Uh, noting that the smoke in the sky had made its way to the hospital where he worked, Ross, that is, the husband in the family, arrived at his office when he heard over the announcement uh, speakers at the hospital code black that everyone was to be evacuated immediately. Oh my god. Frantically gosh. signing prescriptions, watching newborns carted down the hall, helping patients waiting uh, out to ambulances and cars of nurses to drive them out of the way. Ross saw the full extent of the, the uh, fire. He says, quote, the flames were just, I mean, well... It sounded like a freight train. It sounded like a jet engine at one point. It was so intense. Uh, 
Sarah then her his husband or her his wife uh he called her and said hey it's really bad really really bad uh said that they were trying to calm each other the sky is completely black over here uh they go on to talk about how it was the most helpless that they had ever felt talks about the flames coming across the road he's talking about how he's not only worried about his family those that are at school his wife that's at home but also these people who for example one of his patients had just given birth via c-section and had to get into a car and get taken out of here the the stories that we will hear from this fire uh the campfire in california will um will continue as as people are both rescued and are able to make their stories but it it does there there isn't another way that i can describe it and that video put it perfectly it 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 is hell in the very definition of panic worry stress threatening of life heat even though i know hell is cold scriptorians (laughs) come after me um just crazy to hear story and story again but but i love uh I love hearing things like this. This is the third story about this. Um, this is Bishop Harrison, one of the bishops of the uh, the ward there in Paradise. He says, it's amazing how the members of the church are coming together and supporting one another. Um, there are about 750 members on the Paradise Second Ward rolls. He sent out mass surveys to collect information from each family. Most have responded, but there's a few that have not. Um he said that he rejoices each time he learns a previously unaccounted for member is alive and well. So that's the other thing, too, is there was like a thousand people missing. Oh. And some of that is that people are dead and haven't been able to be either been found or accounted for. But it's a lot of people, too, who they get out of town, they evacuate, but then they haven't thought to come back and report to oh. the people in the area. So every time you get something like that where it's like, oh, guys, no, they're safe, they're fine. Um, he goes on to say 95, this is Bishop Harrison, 95% of the members in our ward have lost their homes. Uh, and there's a really amazing picture. If you go to the cultural hall.com of the ruins of, uh, one of the, the wards, but the steeple because yeah. of what it was made of is still there and kind of standing in the ashes. So well, what's fascinating amazing. is the picture before where you can see all the fire. It's almost inside the chap, the, yeah. the, and it's like glowing from within Yeah, and there's fire all around it. And then to see the picture afterward where all of it is just gone and it's just that, that steeple there. Yeah. It's, it's pretty sobering. Remind me to tell you about a meme that I thought was very funny, but that isn't actually that funny after the show gets done. Okay. okay. Remind me to tell you about that. It's okay. about that picture. Oh, there there right. are horrible people on the internet, but sometimes they post things that make me laugh because I have no soul and I'm a horrible, funny. horrible person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll just tell you. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. Your face. I wish you all could see his face so, right so now. It's a, so it's a picture of that chapel and it's someone quoting God and it said, I said, like a fire is burning. Like, like a-, a fire. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's like, I, you know, I, I will do anything that I could possibly do for anyone in, in that area. If anyone ever needed something, you know, we have talked about doing some, um, like a like a fundraiser maybe if we can connect with the people in the ward there okay. that kind of stuff so know that i'm not a soulless person but i saw that and i was like call the internet you are terrible you are terrible people internet but i did chuckle for a quick second because it's like that is i said funny. like a fire is burning <laughs> i would actually venture to guess that all of the people affected by it 
would actually laugh themselves. I, I they, hope they would take a I moment. I that's and, the case. And laugh at that. Uh, it, it may be next week. Yeah, it may, it may take a hot minute. Uh, just since we're talking about fires and churches, this from Provo, uh, a church down in Provo, also uh, the fire on top of the building, but not burned down. On it's top, uh, on the roof. On the roof. The roof. The roof. roof. The, the roof, roof was on fire. They didn't need no matches. They let that church burn. <laughs> uh, the cause of the fire is under under investigation. They think it was probably an arson. Uh, this is um, this is the, from the police department down in Provo. It's just who, interesting. Who, are you that bored that you've got to go burn a church down? Uh, you know what? It's hatred. It really is a hate crime. Uh, it has That's nothing to not do with okay. being with bored. Are you it, that it, upset that you're going to burn a church down? I mean, it's an interesting thought, right? Because people get so mad. And there's another story we'll talk about here in Articles of News. Uh, but people get get so upset with it because it's not just like, oh, I went to church and now I don't feel like I can go there anymore. So many people feel like... You know, the church lied to me or they hurt me in a way that they feel like they have to lash you know, out, and lash hurt, out hurt get revenge. Somehow. Um, how could they do this? This wasn't supposed to be the thing that they did, that kind of stuff. So that I, I, person needs a hug. Yeah. Well, and I and I don't think that makes it OK, because come on, let's deal healthily. But I have found that interesting is it's, um, you know, as you hear more and more about those people who either leave the church uh or are parts of the church and just kind of, you know, lash back out at it because they feel hurt, because they believed so much, um, and, and then something, you know, was struck a chord or was dissonant mm-hmm. with them, and they go, ah. And then they can't, they can't, uh, they can't bring the two to be calm. On a very real level, it's it's a tragic thing because they feel personally wounded. Yeah. Uh, and by, for people who are just like, believe harder or get over it, like that's not the Band-Aid for no, it. No, that's not, that's not helpful Mm-mm. for anybody. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when we, I mean, you can get your heart broken, which is, which is kind of the same thing. That's some serious real pain yeah. for anybody who's ever actually had their heart broken, but you don't go smash their car up and, I and mean, burn in their the case apartment of down. Hearts, and of hearts breaking, you can do that and it does well, feel can, good. <laughs> feels great but is that the is that the way to go about no it? no it's not no. but it there is a brief moment <laughs> speaking of one who has been scorned there is a brief moment that it feels fantastic someone's headlights or what's that song where she's like put my key to his yeah 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 are you carrie underwooding right now i don't know i took a louisville slugger to both yes that 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 song i know i don't listen to country music at all but i know about that song yeah uh but yeah so maybe let's uh that's awful what a terrible song um well maybe he should think twice before he cheats yeah yeah well played. Yeah. What do you got in your hand there? Uh, I got, I love this, this article so much. Straight edge punk enters uneasy alliance with Mormon neighbors. Okay. So let's hear about it. So we've got this guy out in Denver. I used to live in Denver. 
I miss it. Yeah? But it's well, a, fine. Go back. It's a, what, <laughs> you miss it so much. Go back. Uh, I don't miss it enough to leave the beautiful land of Zion. Okay. But, I, but my husband and I You just made a whole it. lot of people mad, but keep good going. Times. It was good times. Zion um, is in our hearts, okay? You know what? It can be Zion it's, wherever we are. Wherever I'll, two are gathered, it I is Zion. I will perpetuate the hilarious stereotypes of land of Zion and the Lord's <laughs> University and... Uh, and then the mission what, field. And the mi- <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite. Anywhere that isn't Utah is the mission field. I do I do call this the land of Zion as a as a joke. Yeah, it's tongue in cheek. It's just yes, thank you. So Denver. So Denver's great. Uh and uh let's see. Unless you are Carson Howell, a is local he, no, straight edge the, punk. Okay. Or the uh this family. I don't re- let's see, what were their names? The Lee family. Sure. Okay. So we've got Descendants of Harold B., I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Basically. Probably. We've got the Lee family, mm-hmm. a Mormon family with 12 children. Excuse it me, does a not, Latter-day Saint family. I'm, oh, that, that's right. They, a, a family with 12 kids Things that are members of the Church on, of Jesus. Really, since I feel like here last. the world is a much different place since... Uh, Welcome back to uh, show <laughs> podcasting form, where we have to say long form name of the church. Sorry, I'll Thank stop you. interrupting. Thank you. Um, so we've got an... Uh, this family, twelve kids, so oh stereotype gosh. and oh half. Like they're they are fully. That is so many kids. That I can't nope. imagine. Nope. I truly cannot imagine. How would you, you spend know. any time with them? That's what I think. Well, uh, from and what I've been told, the, is the older the ones the older ones raise the younger ones. <laughs> okay. Is what I've have been told by multiple sources okay. of people with lots and lots of kids. Um, anyway, so same neighborhood, and we've got this. Straight edge punk. So straight edge, apparently, since I'm not super hip to you got all the of black the X's on the back of your hands. It's then, cool. <laughs> he that's a is that a that's like a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's a gang. That's a what is it? Well, so uh, you'll forgive me because I don't know that I know all of it. But what what it essentially is is I want to say in like the late '90s, early 2000s, maybe mid '90s. There was a big push for being straight edge, which was it, it was essentially like a gang. Okay. Um, but it was people who didn't didn't smoke or didn't drink, um, but you were straight edge. You were like you were very very physically adamant that people not do those things and and okay. would act out in violent ways. So straight edge, I guess now would be it's a it's a lot just that unless you're the violent part of of being a straight edge, which would be no drinking, you know, no smoking, no doing drugs. You're very, you know, straight straight uh, straight and narrow. Yeah, straight and narrow and then edged uh I, I don't know. Kind of hardcore from, you know, like about it. As yeah, a, as, yeah, on the edge. So I guess he like it talks about him getting in fi- fist fights mm-hmm. in the in the middle of the street in front of their. They live in near a, a bunch of a college. It doesn't say which college they live near, but apparently they have to deal with uh, these two. This both sets of neighbors have to deal with a lot of <laughs> college kids awesome. doing ridiculous things, and. It's just it's hysterical. I I want everybody to go to the go to the culturalhall.com um and find the link or go to our Facebook page um and look this look up the picture. What the guy looks like? <laughs> Cuz he is I mean he's got straight edge tattooed across his chest. Yeah. And then we've that, got I mean that's the other thing. They're very identifiable, right? Like I was I was giving you a hard time about like the X's on the Oh, okay, back of that's the hands, a, but like that's they would do that either at tattoos or I've seen it in tape, I've seen it in marker. 
like wrist, you know, tattoos. It's very, it's very hard looking, like I hard mean, life looking. He looks, he looks hard life, right there for sure. I mean, he uses a, he uses the f word in the, in sure. the article. It just so the not whole that bit. straight edge. So just you know, you know. But then uh, it, his picture's right next to this family with. It's like every. Photo, photo, family photo you've ever seen. Are coming they all out wearing? Of. Are they all wearing jeans? No, but they're all. Are they all matching colors? Is it an Olin Mills? They're all wearing white shirts. It yes, looks they like, are. except for a couple. Oh, okay. All of the boys, all the males have white shirts, of and all do. of the women have floral dresses. On. Yes. There you go. That is awesome. There you go. So they've unified together to so fight these people. So they've gotten together are... to to just combat the ridiculousness. It's just it's hysterical. Um, so this is the Mr. Braithwaite. It's nice to see a young man keeping his mind and body pure, but I'm not sure if we want our children influenced by people <laughs> like him. It's bad enough that any time we go out, people automatically assume we're straight edge when we tell them we don't drink. So they're looking yeah. at this Mormon family, this Church of Jesus Christ of LDS, of blah, blah, blah. I'm right? so tired, it's exhausting. guys. I'm so tired. Uh, and being like, oh. Oh, are you straight? You must be straight edge. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh, what about us? Scream straight, straight edge. Straight edge. Other than the fact that we Don't declined drink. the beer that yeah. you just offered. Um, it's so, oh, it's so funny. Frankly, my wife and I really don't like to be associated with the extremist behavior of the hardcore scene. We are just <laughs> simple Mormon folk trying to raise our 12 children. And to that, I say, you're not Mormon folk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, I, okay. And so here's the other guy talking. I refuse to call cops when these college bros start running up and down the street. But I know all I need to do is text Lee Braithwaite and he'll be on the phone with the police in seconds. And they gave me this book about Jesus chilling with Native Americans, which is kind of rad, I guess. I never knew Jesus hung out over here much, but they suggested I start reading during my downtime instead of blasting chokehold while I work out. It's just like... Pretty it's awesome. It's so funny. It's just so funny. Anyway, so it is it is uh it's great that they are combining their efforts, however different they may be in uh in practice against all of the drugs that are going Way on. Way to in go, their making Denver a cleaner and clearer place, right? The three oh three. I love it. <laughs> yo yo, three oh three, look, here's my gang sign for three oh three. Three oh three. All right. Uh this the church announced the open house dates for the Haiti Temple. Uh, the free pu- public open house for the Haiti Temple begins on the 20th of April and goes through the 4th of May. It is not open on Sunday. A youth devotional is scheduled for the 18th of May, and the temple dedication is the 19th of May. This all obviously in the year 2019. The temple district comprises of more than 17,000 Latter-day Saints in three districts and four stakes. Uh, which, as this article uh, notes, uh, stakes are much like a diocese for people yeah. who uh, <laughs> are used to the Catholic terminology. So that's cool. Make your dates now for Haiti. If you go, let me know, because I know some people serving a mission in Haiti, and they'll totally take care of you cool. as far as food goes. Uh, Tyke James, do you know who that is? Uh, I think he has a voice like an angel. Mm-hmm. Dunny. Yes, he does. Uh, looking at the teen with the long blonde hair standing in the middle of the lit up stage, Adam Levine, or is it Levine, made, <laughs> made an almost prophetic prediction. He said, quote, you could win this thing in your sleep. 
Oh, that's he what the did? Voice, that's what the voice judge told Latter-day Saint Tyke James. After the 17-year-old Latter-day Saint made it to the top 13 last night, last night rather, Levine, or is it Levine, just might be right. James, who's lived all over the world but currently lives in Hawaii, began his music career because he said, quote, I realized that music was a powerful thing that God gave to mankind, end quote. Uh, from his blind audition of Perfect by Ed Sheeran, James has wowed judges with his talent. Levine, or is it oh. Levine, uh, says, I loved your voice. It's hard to explain, but when you get that adrenaline rush and I turned around and you were a freaking stud. Watch your mouth, Levine. <laughs> or is it Levine? <laughs> After joining Team Adam, James made it past the battles, the knockout rounds, and slid past the live playoffs with his cover of You Somebody by Kings of Leon. But it was a close thing. James was the very last to be picked from Team Adam to move on the show. There's more that I got to see from this person, said Levine. Levine, I can't leave it to the unknown. I can't say what if. I got to go with Tyke. So if you're watching The Voice, Tyke James, Latter-day Saint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want you to get him in after uh, after his voice after he stuff runs? is yeah, all sure. done. I'll get him to sing. I wonder if he plays the ukulele, which I recognize as a stereotype because he currently lives in Hawaii. But the ukulele is so hot right now. It, yes, it is. This is true. The kids love the ukulele. Those kids uh, and their ukes. Our friends, the Wilds, that is Russ, who recently did an Articles of News, and Chow, who's been with uh, the Cultural Hall for a good long time. Uh, they joined 23,000 of their closest friends at the Alamo Dome uh, to hear... Um, the prophet, or as this, as this article, and I love this actually. People will be like, "Oh, that's disrespectful," and I actually love it. They call him Doctor Russell M. Nelson. They, oh, they give they're him the trying. Title. They're trying to be respectful. Yeah, they give him the title, and they feel <laughs> okay. like that should be how they reference him because he is. Because he holds he... a doctorate, so they call him Doctor Russell M. Nelson. Uh, had a simple but soothing message for the twenty-three thousand. He says, "It is well with my soul." Um. Whatever challenges or tragedies come our way, each of us will be able to say, it is well with my soul. I'm going to paraphrase incorrectly, but um, I guess President Nelson was there and uh, Elder Bednar. Uh, and then there was one other um, general authority that was there speaking, but Russ... Um, he texted me or sent me a message on Facebook that he's like, it, it's sort of an interesting thing going and watching Elder Bednar and, and President Nelson speak because you're watching, um, you're watching the opening act, which you know one day will be the headlining I, act. I saw that, and, and I thought that was just so funny. Uh, maybe it was in the it was, was it in the host panel then? I if think you saw so. it, must I have think been. So. But I just thought that was so funny because. Um, That's so true. <laughs> yeah, with with uh, Elder Bednar, you know, barring some sort of physical ailment, I mean, he got in super young, and he's yeah. halfway through the ranks now. Like he he will statistically be the prophet for a good long time, and I at some expect. point fairly recently or soon. Uh, so I thought that was interesting, President Nelson, or as. Uh, they call it over on the Mormon News Report, Hustle M. Nelson. Hustle, that's Which right. I love. I love. I shared that hashtag, and people were like, that hashtag is great. And I was like, I can't, I can't trademark it. I heard it first from Brant over at the Mormon News Report, but I will take it like it's my own Dude. and share it as much as I can. Brant is one clever 
clever yeah. young man. And, and and I'm being serious. We've talked about this here before a few times uh, about doing a President Nelson t-shirt. I where still you get, want the World Tour shirt. Yeah, shirt. where you get him and it's sort of rock starry on the front right? and then on the back it's the dates and where the he dates speaks and, and locations. all the things. Yeah. Seriously. I've, I, I actually talked to somebody about making it. Really? Yeah, I actually did. And I, I'm still going to have to... I, I feel like you should because I don't I feel like I've talked about that. it I just don't know that I'm gonna get it's there so, so that's so perfect interesting thing about when you said uh, they called him dr. Russell M Nelson uh-huh. I've been really surprised at how many people I've talked to over the last you know however long it's been that he's been in um, as president that people didn't know that he was one of the greatest heart surgeons in the world right that he is actually a doctor right like, a, a doctor. A doctor and doctor. And not only a doctor that hands you a lollipop after he sees you. Yeah, yeah, but, like but heart re- surgeon. But truly and one of the greatest in the world yeah. at his time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Leading, anyway. they like to say. Did you not know that he was amazing? Have I not told you this? He became... Never mind. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else do you have? Because... Well, I, I've got, like, uh, an interesting story, and then the rest of mine are super depressing. I mean... Have you have you voted for Jack Mormon yet? Uh, I saw that. That's great. <laughs> Texas, right? Isn't I that where he is? I think so. I think so. Um, There's this guy, and and his <laughs> name is Jack Mormon. It's M O R M A N. Um, my favorite. Oh, the comments were just wonderful. We posted this on our Facebook page, and it's his. Uh, it's his the sign that you know what is it what do they call They're those political sign, the, signs well yeah but they call his them slogan it's no it's just like the yard sign what yeah. do they call i don't uh, know it was a yard, yard his yard sign. Sign. sign his political yard sign was uh we posted it and it says you know precinct two uh-huh. vote for jer keep jack mormon uh-huh. and um the comments underneath it i won't vote for him unless his campaign slogan is quote more man than you can handle <laughs> <laughs> or let's just Oh, they're just it's just too funny. I so, like there there was one in there that was like I I in my youth I would have voted for him but I I won't anymore or but something I won't like anymore. that. <laughs> that they've come around. Anyway, so uh Jack that's just it's too good. How does that happen? That's just too great. Thank you um, for that world universe. Let's just thank the universe for some guy whose name is Jack Mormon. For almost 30 years, a copy of the Book of Mormon has been preserved in the historical collections of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The book was published in 1976 with a soft, light blue cover featuring a gold Angel Moroni. You remember that version of the Book of Mormon? Mm Mm-hmm. Within the book, there are handwritten markings on nearly one of every six pages. The majority are underlining or curved brackets, but three dozen of the pages contain handwritten words. The first page contains the signature E.A. Presley. And on the last page, in the index, it was written, quote, Father, I want more. I need more now. Help me. The content and placement of the annotation suggests that Elvis Presley read this copy of the Book of Mormon. The idea of Elvis Presley cherishing the Book of Mormon has captured the popular imagination of some Latter-day Saints. The story of this book has been told by fireside speakers, classroom teachers, newspaper columnists, and even an independent filmmaker. And I didn't think that that movie had been made, but apparently it has been made. And the story continues to circulate throughout the market for, quote, 
uplifting books and social media. However, after carefully analyzing the historical opportunities for Elvis Presley to have read this volume and the handwriting throughout its pages, we, that is the authors of this article, affirm that Elvis Presley did not write in this Book of Mormon. And a detailed presentation of the analysis with photographic evidence will be published in a forthcoming issue of BYU Studies. But the findings about the book's history, its forged signature, and its forged annotations uh, will be summarized as well. Interesting, huh? Oh, so many people just got so sad. The book's donor claimed to have given the book to Elvis Presley on the 2nd of August in 1977. He died 14 days later, and the book was allegedly returned to the donor, who shared it with a few people before it was transferred to the church in 1989. The last two weeks of Elvis's life were very busy. His nine-year-old daughter, Lisa Marie, former spouse of... Michael Jackson, the king of pop, had arrived on the 31st of July, and he entertained her by renting out a local amusement park, screening several films, and spending an evening visiting the family of his then-current girlfriend. The day of his death was supposed to be the day that he departed on tour. So much of those two weeks were spent reviewing plans and details, avoiding and reluctantly starting a liquid diet, and playing racquetball. Why are we going into such detail? Well, it's because... Those kind of events prove that he would not have had time <laughs> to to both highlight, bracket, caption, and sign his copy of the Book of Mormon. If you want to read more about that, and it certainly is a uh, a Latter Day Saint urban legend uh, of of much significance, it Lovely. is unfor- it is unfortunately uh, not real. People enjoy perpetuating it, though. Uh, other things. I thought this was interesting. Uh, last week, two states elected first-time senators who were raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Both are graduates from Brigham Young University. Both credit the Mormon faith for shaping their upbringing, and both are seen as the kind of moderates that often reflect the pragmatic nature of the Utah-based church. But only one of them is consistently identified as the, quote, Mormon politician. Do you know who that is? Are we talking about Mitt Romney? Yes. And we're talking about uh, Huntsman? Nope. Wait, what? So two senators that were elected last. Oh, oh, I'm like, So Mitt Romney is one okay. of them. Uh, He's a Republican elected to represent Utah, embodies the clean-cut, traditional, and conservative image typically associated with modern Mormonism. The other... Is somewhat opposite. Do you know the other? No, I guess no. Kristen Cinema, okay, from Arizona, a Democrat, is an openly bisexual woman who no longer identifies with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Cinema's religious past is rarely seen as more than an odd piece of her personal trivia. Oh, this. Okay. Uh, the two senators elect, that is Romney and Cinema, represent a tension at the very heart of the modern LDS tradition. Understanding why one and not the other is immediately associated with the faith reveals much about an evolving institution that is still trying to define who does and who does not belong in an increasingly global church. Um, what? Isn't that interesting? What's your what question? Let's talk through it. They're talking about... So I, I'm sorry, read so, that last uh, sentence again. They, so, who, who, understanding why one, that being understanding why Mitt Romney is associated as the Mormon senator, uh-huh. and why Kristen Cinema, who it, for all intents and purposes was raised Mormon, don't refer to her as a Mormon senator. 
Does she refer to herself as Mormon? Does well, she no, still... she's le- she's left the oh, church okay. and is well, openly then... bisexual. But her tradition, her being raised, it's. Uh-huh. I look at it as kind of a couple things, right? Um, they're like uh, Jewish folks, for example, right? Like uh, if if you're Jewish, you can have not gone to a synagogue in fifty years, and you could still be like, oh, I'm Jewish, and people would identify you as as the Jewish senator if they were if they were if they giving were, that okay, out right yeah and so the thing that they that they think is sort of interesting is that with Mitt Romney it's he's the Mormon senator you know he looks the part he acts the part so they call him the Mormon senator but for all intents and purposes she is also a Mormon senator mm, I don't think so because I she mean but, grew, she, but she's left she's the church but left okay and if she doesn't identify herself as a Mormon woman okay because you said Mitt Romney looks the part acts the part and 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 we know he says yes I'm a member, member of the, of the Church, Church of Jesus Christ, Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, she obviously but she was raised and was part yes. of it for for many many years it's it's just it's just an interesting sort of cross section of, of how the church is like could could we if she said yeah I still believe it and I still practice it but I'm also there's this part of me I'm you know I'm a Democrat I'm a bisexual I'm a, these things like is there a place for her within Mormonism well sure there's a place for everyone right but it's interesting because then as the world we don't look at her and go oh because she could be Mormon and be bisexual we sort of take those things and. We cause we cause the rift and have it. And I have think it be the separate. Whole, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like everyone. It will include you all. And if she doesn't identify herself though as Mormon, then I don't see how it's like. Well, yeah. Then we're not gonna call her the Mormon senator. So a, the, another Mormon senator. If so she were to, then I'd be like, oh yeah. Here's just a little bit more about her because I think that it's interesting. Uh, in many ways, Kristen Sinema's youth couldn't have been more different than Romney's. She was raised in uh, in the kind of abject poverty that is the exact opposite of, Ra- oh. of Romney's family wealth. There were times that she remembers that her family didn't have even electricity or running water. Uh, she was framed. Her upbringing was framed by the Mormon faith, and she learned from her local congregation how communities could help those who were struggling or left behind. She graduated valedictorian at the age of 16. <gasps> wow! Uh, she decided to go to BYU because of her faith. Um, based on her academic acumen, which I love that word, as well as religious commitment, she received the Ezra Taft Benson Scholarship from BYU. My goodness. It's a prestigious fellowship named after the church's president at the time. Uh, she graduated with her bachelor's degree at the age of 18. That's amazing. Right? She left the faith shortly after leaving Utah, going back to Arizona. Um, she worked for Ralph Nader's camp presidential campaign in 2000. Um, throughout most of these achievements, and then became uh, she was elected a Congress U.S. Congresswoman in 2013. Um, she was at that time the first openly bisexual person elected to Congress. Uh, she is. It's and then this goes into this. Throughout all of these achievement, achievements, however, she was mostly mum on her childhood faith. It no longer played a role in her new life. Indeed, one of her biggest achievements, co-chairing a campaign to defeat a proposition that would have prohibited same-sex marriages in the state. It came in direct opposition to the LDS organized efforts. 
If anything, her identity was built in opposition to her faith's public stance. She's often too, she's often reluctant to discuss her religious beef, beliefs, let alone her connection to the faith of her childhood. Childhood. What makes cinema an uncomfortable fit with the mainstream Mormon image is not merely her political party, uh, that being a Democrat. Although, as this article uh, points out, several members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have been both Democrats and in positions of power, um, but more on her stance on gender and sexuality. Um, so it's just it's just sort of this cross section of of who they are uh, and how how the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints has sort of molded who they are um, and how on the one hand President. I almost called him President Romney. Oh, he's, he's always going to yeah. be President Romney. <laughs> but how he he has continued in the faith tradition and how cinema has not. And then it likened, and I know we've talked about this here in the cultural hall before, uh, Yacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, who was also raised uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but then left when she felt like it, it conflicted with her commitment to LGBT rights. So it's interesting. Cinema now identifies herself as agnostic. Um... So it's interesting. Now, see, it's what's interesting to me is I don't find that interesting at all. You don't find that interesting no. at all? Because if, if she doesn't identify herself and she, it sounds like she doesn't want to talk about um, her, her growing up in the faith and has distanced herself from it, then it's like, okay, well, so, so, so she's... Here, so, so, here, so here is why I think that... Um, I, I find it interesting is because I don't think like uh, the worry that I have on things like that is they probably felt really uncomfortable um, with sexuality and that's why they left. They weren't like Joseph mm-hmm. Smith, bah, humbug, Book of Mormon, meh. But they left because, because of, sec- of, the- of, of their sexuality, right? Yes. Okay. Or their or their beliefs towards the sexuality, and some people would say, "Well, you know, Jesus said love everyone and treat them kindly too," right? So when you have, um, when you have people leaving for that, I think that then the people that you have remaining in the church, there's a certain homogenization. Like, so long as I don't think about things the way that those people think then I'm going to stay in the church, right? So I guess basically what I'm saying is that you you then, anyone who uh, who is in favor, for example, of like LG, LGBT rights doesn't feel comfortable in the church, and then that sort of, it sort of dwells, it sort of grows as a cancer, and then they find themselves leaving, not because they don't believe in the doctrine of the church, but because they don't feel like... This one point that's yeah, this very one much point, at it, odds it, with the doctrine. Yeah. And especially where, I mean, you know, 30 years ago, you would hear within the walls of the church that, um, you know, that people weren't created homosexual, right? And you don't hear the church say that people, you know, that homosexuality is a choice anymore. You don't, you don't, no, haven't heard that, a, you know. Not part of the so, so, so if you take that then, you extrapolate it out a little bit. If God created you, Janae, homosexual, then there should be a place for you in God's church. Well... It's hard. Right? It's difficult to say that because we also don't say that we don't say that God created anybody who God did not create people who were homosexuality. Yeah. Oh, how it's it's hard because it's not like oh it, it, 
it's it's a choice. Well, we know that it's not just a choice. If people had the choice, they would. Well, many. Yeah, of there's them a lot of people who yeah who have you know struggled with it mm-hmm. and and wanted more than anything to be heterosexual. Yes. Right. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Missionaries going on missions. I felt like if I worked hard, that you know I'd work the gay right out of me, and it just and it just isn't the thing. But so. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a thing, right? You think about yeah. it, and you go, "All right." So, if so, but if, us as a church is not are not we're not saying also that oh, God created you as a as God made you gay, right? We we but we're not saying the opposite. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so there's this sort of place where the where, where these we folks, yeah, or, where, where either whether we don't know or no one is willing to say something about it. And so I think we lose a lot of people in the, in those gray areas. That's yeah. I think that this is easily the most difficult. Yes, I notice. <laughs> I notice as I hear you talking, it's like eggshells, eggshells. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But ra- yeah, ra- us race as and a sexuality church, for sure. It's it's a serious, intense thing where we don't know. At least maybe I can only speak for myself. I don't know because I don't believe people made, or I don't believe God made someone gay. Right. But I also don't think that gay people made themselves get like chose to be gay that, right. that's not a, that's not a thing right. so then so where, an, yeah, where so is it a, yeah so what? where does it lie because that because it seems to be that it's one or the other the thing that i've always struggled with as far as thinking about that goes is and this is this is so great that this is the end of the episode by the way <laughs> uh that um you know if if god if god made you gay then he has to have a, a plan yeah, for he, you to be able to to return to live with him, right? He can't be like, "I made you gay, now don't be gay." Yeah, but that's not. So okay, that just so can't so if be. that so if yeah. that's so if that's not the thing, then you know if there is some element of choice to it, well then choose not to. But you would you know if you talked to anyone about whether or not they chose their sexuality. When did you choose, for example, to be heterosexual? You'll be like, no, I just, I just liked I chose boys. on April yeah, 17th. Exactly. You, you liked two. boys and you like your husband, and, and that's the thing that you like. Mm-hmm. So it very much, um, for a lot of people, becomes this struggling point where it's like, well, so what? And then it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of doubt or it's a little bit of... You know, something doesn't rest well, and then they see it, they're sensitive to it when other people will say something about it, and then it grows a little bit more, and Mm -hmm. it grows a little bit more, and then, you know, someone within the church very wrongly speaks about it and is rude or, you know, insensitive, insensitive. someone, you know, commits suicide. We've all heard about those stories. And then quickly, it becomes a large sticking point where you feel like you have to decide one or the other, and based on where you choose, you find yourself within or without of the church. And that sucks. That does suck. Because then you then all you find within the church is people that believe the a uh, certain way. And I don't think that that's good on any topic, on anything. I think that it's good for a lot of people to feel lots of different things about mm-hmm. it and for all of those mm-hmm. to be able to exist in the same place. I think I have a little more positive view of it, though, that we the, the homogenization that you're talking about. There are so many brothers and sisters coming out saying, yeah, I'm gay, mm-hmm. I, that it's at this point we all know someone. And it's not just that we know someone, it's that we love someone. Right. And so I don't know that us as a church, it, I don't think it's possible for us to be 
too terribly homogenized in our thinking because, I mean, we like I said, we've got these people that we love and therefore we're forced to, to think about the issue a little bit more. Right. And so I don't know that it's with a, with them leaving. Yes, it 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 skews the the statistic of gay people within the church versus without it. Um, but as far as our thought processes mm-hmm. go, I don't know that it's that it's all that dire of a situation. There's we're still. I feel like there's just still a lot of people within the church uh, that are going to have a favorable view of our brothers and sisters that are LGBTQ plus right. or that are are thinking about the issue as far as like, well, asking these questions. Well, if if God didn't make them gay, but they didn't make themselves gays, then then, then how did we how, then how did how, we arrive? How here? do we arrive at this place where we can be inclusive and, you know, Jesus said, love everyone. And treat and so them kindly, gonna, too. That even means the lesbians and the gay folks, too. I love it. That might be the third verse. Hidden verse. Okay, let's get a couple more of these done and then be done. Uh, This is terrible. An elderly woman sustained minor injuries after a man allegedly broke into an LDS church and assaulted her this last Saturday night. What? Happened between 9 and 9.30. The 71-year-old woman was practicing the organ for the church <gasps> performance the next day. Oh. She was in the building alone. The building was locked. The church was locked. Police said she reported hearing a loud pounding on the door of the church in the northwest side. Unable to get inside, the person threw a rock through the back window, breaking in. 30 minutes later, she described playing the organ and having someone come up behind her and start to attack her. A 71-year-old woman. That's when she blacked out for a moment. She sustained some injuries to her neck from being choked and was originally attacked and uh, from behind when she was originally attacked by this individual. Obviously, it was a pretty frightening experience. Not able to clearly describe her attacker, said the police. They have few leads. It's a person of average build wearing a gray hoodie. And gathered, uh, let's see, though the woman is expected to make a full recovery, neighbors in the area said she was struggling and just wants to put the attack behind her with few leads. They said they're still trying to figure out why the attacker would do it. Uh, The police officer Robinson says, quote, it just boggles the mind. I'll add to it. There's a cold place on a in a bench in hell for you, pal, (laughs) for attacking a woman. Who is playing the organ, the organ for her, you know, for her 70. next day church service, and she's 71, and you choke her from behind you, sir. Maybe you haven't denied the Holy Ghost, but to outer darkness oh you go. Oh, my goodness gracious. And speaking about this, this is, this is no way to end this episode. <sighs> bring it. Bring it. We'll take it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we won't take it. I don't know. We'll sort of take it. I mean... It. We've chosen not to take it. Biff Boswell recalls coming to terms with coming out as a gay man to his conservative Mormon family. It was 2002. He'd been leading a secret double life in Salt Lake City away from his family in Texas when he worked up the courage to make that phone call. Mom, dad, said Biff, I'm gay. Boswell, like others in the Rochester LGBTQ community, have been following the viral story of the GoFundMe uh, of Emily Sheck. Who is Emily Sheck, you ask? I do ask. She's a woman whose parents uh, allegedly cut off financial support to her when they learned that she was gay. Um, Now, let me catch you up on this. The GoFundMe for Sheck 
reached over $53,000 Sunday afternoon with an outpouring of community support from her hometown and elsewhere. Sheck's friend Grace Hosladen started the campaign on the 7th of November, outlining the story of Emily Sheck and how her parents wanted to, her to return home and go to therapy after discovering that she is gay. Sheck declined an interview, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Sheck is a grad is a graduate from Webster Schroeder in 2017. Played soccer and ran for the high school team. She's currently 19 years old and a sophomore. She runs for a Division One cross country. In August of this year, Emily was kicked out of her home. Her parents found out that she has a girlfriend through her social media, and they gave her the choice: come home, go to therapy, or stay at school and be completely cut off. She chose the latter and has been doing her best to stay afloat in college without the financial support of her parents. To stay in school, she's had to work a couple of jobs. Um, Sheck's story touched the heart of Webster residents and owners of the BC Chicken Coop, who have been giving her some assistance. Um, Brandy Rauber Wasson grew up uh, in a strict Roman Catholic family, recalls her internal flight uh, with her internal fight rather with herself. Uh, in her youth saying, quote, I didn't want to be gay. When she came out, her father and her mother uh, were more than supportive with her asking if he could uh, if he could still live, if he could still give his daughter away at her wedding. But she realizes not all families respond that way and is sad for Sheck. So what's the point? Well, there's this woman, Latter-day Saint woman, came out to her parents and her parents said, you need to go to therapy so they can teach the gay out of you and you need to come home and we're going to cut you off completely. Probably not the way to go that's, about it. That's not, that's not the most loving, loving thing. But, but you hear those stories all the time and that's at least in part uh, why some of these LGBT, LGBTQ youth find themselves committing suicide because they don't feel like they have a place and they don't feel loved and supported from their family. So I bring that up for a few reasons. One, don't do that. Two, it's the holiday season and lots of people know that this time of year there may be people who uh, are suffering alone or in darkness, um, people that don't feel loved or feel like they have a place. And I feel like we as the, as the cultural hall, we as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and we just as children of God should reach out to those people who we, who we think or maybe we don't even think. Uh, maybe struggling, but to reach out to people, if you feel prompted to do it, if you know someone, uh, even if it's just as simple, in some cases, people will say a text message was what stopped me from doing something that I would have regretted forever. Phone call, having them over, a tin of fudge. I'm doing tins of fudge for Christmas this year to some oh, folks that I love and care really about. really good fudge. Thank you very much. I'm glad Richie you remember. Richie makes great fudge, people. Uh but uh, it's definitely a thing that we can do yeah. um, for folks and that we should do for folks. So so do it, for crying out loud. Be a good example. Love everyone. Literally everyone. Let's, yeah. let, let that be a love lesson for you. I'm going to learn how to love this person that I don't love at all. Whatever that person may be. I think of a few people I hate in my life, and I'm like, all right, I'll do that. I'll love those people. <laughs> I think of a few people. Is the list very long? No, no. I but, hate you. No, but there's, a, but there's a lot of hatred for a few people, and I need to, I need to work on that, especially this <laughs> holiday season. No, I'm glad that you read that, because, yes, we need to we we just need be a reminder. Because what's the point? What, what, do you, what do you hope to gain from that? Listen, I'm gay. Don't talk to me. Okay, cool. Well, that, thanks yeah. for being my kid. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Right? Like if one of your kids 
came to you and said, "Mom, Dad, like maybe it would be hard for you, right? Like oh. l- let's have an let's have an honest conversation that might be hard for I you." I would I would cry and cry and cry and cry because one, I know their life is going to be difficult. Right. And two, I want them to be able to have a family. Right. And, that, and however that, that could you know, work however out. However that right. could work out. And and three, that whole well, God didn't make you gay, but you didn't make yourself gay. So I, that that space there in the middle, right. that's a hard place to be. Obviously, understatement of the year. Right. So that so there'd be tears, lots and lots of tears. I fully admit. Right. But boy, I mean, that doesn't take anything away of of I love you so much. Right. I literally love you more than than anything. It is your dad and your siblings and you that I love more than anything. And so that's, that's just come on home for Christmas and, and I will still financially support you. Well, maybe not, maybe not as, maybe I won't choose to financially support a child that's, that's an adult, but, um, but no, I mean, there will be no question in my mind that my goal will be that there's no question in my child's mind that you are still so treasured in my heart. Mm. And so, so stick around. This episode was way heavier than I thought it was going yeah, to be. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us, contact at theculturalhall.com. And definitely, if you have uh, differing opinions from uh, what we shared, please contact at theculturalhall.com. I don't know that uh, either Janae or I have really arrived at uh, yeah, like I the guess. end of the road, right? As we were talking out loud, I know we meandered through some of these things mm-hmm. and go, oh, I said that out loud. Do I really feel that way? Where do I feel about this? So uh, please contact at theculturalhall.com is where you can send that stuff. We'd love to hear from you and uh, and know what you think. Even if you're like, you guys are up in the night yeah. <laughs> and you can be mad. You can be mad. If we made you mad, let us make you mad. Just tell us about it. Right Don't just out. be mad and then... And then turn and walk away. Tell us why. Yeah, contact tell, us. Tell us why. Contact at theculturalhall.com. We hope this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. But also, sorry if we made you mad. Yeah. <laughs> but also, hey, sorry. Sorry, I didn't want to make anybody mad. Uh, we hope that uh, when the time comes that you'll be able to travel home in safety. And uh, and uh, we love you. Okay. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of, of the, the Cultural, Cultural Hall. Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row. We really got to go. Hall show.